today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. You know, in uh, normal economic times, recessions usually trigger a rapid rise in consumer insolvencies. Uh, but not so in 2020, despite record consumer debt levels among households uh, as we entered the COVID pandemic. Uh, the catastrophic job losses due to the economic lockdown, consumer insolvencies actually fell to lows. But there are some groups, uh, some demographic groups, that were impacted more than others. To try to sift through the the data here, we're so pleased to welcome back to the program Doug Hoyes, licensed insolvency trustee and co-founder of Hoyes Michaelis and Associates. Doug, great to have you back on the program. Hope you're doing well. Thanks, Bill. You too couple of takeaways here as I was going through some of the data from uh, the report here. Uh, for the first time in four years, insolvency shifted back to an older demographic. Now, that was surprising, and I think a lot of people are under the maybe false impression that, well, as you get older, your debt actually decreases. Maybe you've paid your house off, and, you know, you, you, you don't have some of the, the pressures that, that people in a younger demographic would do, but apparently the numbers tell a different story. Yeah, and you're right. That's the way it's supposed to work. And it was a bit of a head-scratcher as we started compiling this data because we all know, I mean, you reported it on, on your station and your show last week when the unemployment numbers came out for January. There was a huge spike in in unemployment, and it was concentrated in, you know, the service industry, retail sector, and that's the sector that is dominated by young people. There's certainly more young people working in those sectors than, than in other sectors. So you would think, okay, youth unemployment is skyrocketing. Um, we know they're carrying lots of debt. they got student loan debt, all that sort of stuff. So you would think that would be the age group that is growing the most when it comes to insolvencies. And sure mm-hmm. enough, for the last four or five years, that's exactly what happened. But then we had this pandemic. You probably heard about it, Bill, this virus thing that's going on. It's been around. in the news a little and bit, yeah. Yeah, it's been in the news, yeah. And so all of a sudden, boom, a bunch of stuff changed. And so now we're seeing a lot more older debtors. And as we look at it, we go, well, hmm, why is this? Well, uh, number one, um, job loss. Well, okay, I mean, everybody's been losing their job, though. That's only one part of the factor. But the older workers had a bigger income drop than the younger workers. And that, again, kind of makes sense. If I'm sure. just starting out, maybe I'm making minimum wage, you know, 14 bucks an hour, 35 hours a week, you know, a couple of grand a month. Well, that's when CERB came out, that pretty much replaced what my income was. But if I'm an older worker, maybe I was making three grand a month, four grand a month, CERB or CRB did not replace all of my income. So the biggest income drop we saw was amongst older workers, around 11% of their income. You combine that with high debt, guess who has the highest levels of debt? Well, people who've been around alive the longest. If you're 50 years old, you've been in the workforce for 30 years, you've had 30 years to build up debt, so you're carrying the highest level of debt, your income drops the most, the CERB, the other income supports didn't help as much, and as a result, we've got a spike in insolvencies for older Canadians. How much uh, of a factor are interest rates in this? I mean, when you talk about that older demographic that seems to have higher debt, uh, i got to figure credit cards fit into there somewhere. You're absolutely right. And in fact, older debtors, um, 41% of their total debt is credit cards versus only 34% for younger debtors. And again, kind of makes sense. If I'm 20 years old, I probably don't qualify for a credit card, or if I do, I'm not getting a $10,000 limit. Whereas Mm -hmm. if I've been around longer, working for longer, I qualify for that type of of credit. If you have a lot of credit cards, it's because at some point you were doing pretty well. You had a good job, credit score was high enough that you were able to qualify for it, and now things have turned around and, and you're not able to pay for it. So you're absolutely right 
credit card debt is a bigger problem for older debtors than younger, and obviously that's higher interest rate debt. Having a mortgage is no big deal because the interest rates are so low, but credit cards are a much bigger problem. They've got the, the credit available, and in a pandemic, when you need the cash, that's what you draw on. And, and they're always nice enough to extend your credit for you, too, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Well, until you need it. Yeah, so <laughs> exactly. They, they are happy to lend when you don't need it. If you can prove you don't need it, then they're happy to give it to you. But what a lot of people found out last year was the banks were saying, oh, guess what? You know that $20,000 line of credit you've got, which you haven't been using? We're going to carve it back. Now it's only $10,000. we have reduced your authorized limit. Your credit card, we're capping it at this level. And oh, by the way, maybe we're going to you know, have the interest rates go up just a little bit as well to encourage you not to be using it. So just because you have it doesn't mean you will always have it. That's a, a, a lesson we've all learned this year. I'm glad you brought that up because I've heard stories anecdotally from, from some people that have actually done that. They've opened up their statement one month and said, you've just reduced my credit. What's going on here? Uh, are the banks worried about, about the financial situation here? Yeah, absolutely. And they're not doing it for everybody. But what people don't realize is that most of the big banks do a credit check on you on a regular basis. So I know one of the big banks does a soft hit on your credit every three months. So four times a year, every single one of their clients, a soft hit means it doesn't show up on your credit report, it doesn't hurt your credit score, but they look to see, hmm, has anything changed? Oh, this is interesting. So three months ago, Bill had $2,000 owing on all his credit cards, and now he's got $10,000 owing on all his credit cards. Hmm, maybe things are getting a little bit worse. We better check and see. Are there any other warning signs? Is he still, you know, got his paycheck going into his bank account? What's happening? Oh, you know what? We're getting a little worried. We're going to claw back to reduce our exposure. So that $15,000 line of credit you've got, well, guess what? Now it's only 10000 Now it's only 5000 And oh, by the way, we've raised the interest rate as well. That's a way to get out in front of potential problems. And what the bank is hoping is, well, if we raise your interest rate and lower your limit, maybe you'll pay off our credit card and go to a different bank. Great. That, that reduces the risk to us. And so, yes, that's something that they do very proactively, and we're doing a fair amount of it last year. Yeah, and you've talked to us about that in, in the past, about the debt cycle, that uh, that some people just find, you know, they're behind the eight ball. And, and you're right. I mean, they, you know, this bank here is pressuring me. I'll just go over to this bank and get another credit card and use that to pay this one off. Uh, but you're really only digging yourself a deeper hole. I mean, you might please the first bank, but you're not doing anything for yourself. Yeah, and you got to look at the big picture. Well, and the other thing we were doing to dig last year was deferrals. Yeah. So, okay, I'm, I'm in a little bit of a, a tough spot here. So the bank says, yeah, no problem. We don't want to be repossessing your car because you're a payment behind. We'll, we'll let you put it to the end. We don't want to be calling in your credit cards, mortgages, anything like that. We'll give you a, a deferral. And so a lot of people were able to take advantage of that. In a lot of cases, it was great. It was very helpful. But a deferral does not lower your debt. In fact, what it does is it increases your debt because they're still charging you the interest even though they're not requiring that you make a payment. So at the end of the deferral period, you find, wait a minute, I actually owe more than I owed at the start, and now I've got to be playing catch-up. So that's one of the themes I think we're going to see here in 2021. 
as the economy reopens, are people going to have more debt than they thought, and are they going to be able to service it? Well, and therein lies the problem. Did we, Doug, develop a false sense of security, even pre-pandemic, that interest rates are so ridiculously low these days that, uh, yeah, we can we can extend ourselves a little bit more? Uh, and then, boom, all of a sudden this thing comes along. As you say, some people even actually have lost their jobs and lost income, uh, and they've got to be asking themselves, how am I going to handle this debt? Oh, absolutely. And it's it's not debt that in and of itself is the problem. It's the ability to service that debt. Yeah. So you may own a million-dollar house, have a half-million-dollar mortgage. Well, if the interest rate on it is 1.5%, maybe it's not that big a deal. But if you've got a credit card with a 20% interest rate or a installment loan in a finance company at 30 or 40%, then yes, it's a big deal. Your ability to service that is a problem. And you're right. We have gotten used to low interest rates. I mean, there are HELOCs, lines of credit, where the interest rates are very low. But that does not mean they will stay low forever. And if they start creeping up, you got a problem. But you hit the nail on the head. What if interest rates stay low, but I lose my job? Well, it doesn't matter how low the interest rate is, I'm going to have trouble making my minimum payment. So I think it's a good idea for everyone to stress test their situation and say, well, okay, if things changed, what kind of shape would I be in? And that's usually the impetus for a lot of people to say, okay, well, maybe now's the time for me to focus on reducing debt so that I am prepared in case something like this ever happens again. Because there's nobody, and I mean nobody, that, that predicted this was going to go on as long as it did. I mean, even some of the most optimistic people I talked to last year in February, March, were thinking, okay, there's going to be a shutdown, but you know what? By spring, summer, we should be okay. Uh, and here we are still in this situation. So, I mean, you know, the longer this goes on, the more tenuous, I guess, it becomes for people that are on the edge like that. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're a business person, so maybe you, uh, you know, own a small restaurant, a coffee shop, uh, a hair salon, something like that in, in Hamilton or anywhere. And, okay, well, I can shut down for a couple of months. That's not a big deal. And the government does have programs. They've got some rent subsidies and wage subsidies and things like that that will help. But if it goes on for a year or a year and a half before I can reopen, are my customers going to come back? Have they all found some other way to do what I was doing? Is everyone cutting their hair themselves? Has everyone learned to cook themselves? Am I going to be able to recover? So just because things were the way they were yesterday doesn't mean that's the way they're going to be tomorrow. So you really do have to think ahead to what can I do when things, things reopen. I've talked to a ton of people who said, you know what, I'm reinventing myself. I'm getting out of that business and I'm doing something else that I hope will be more secure in the future. So a lot of changes coming in 2021. But I agree with you. I mean, we would like to get the economy open. Obviously, it's got to be safe. Mm-hmm. Nobody's saying it should be open if it isn't safe. But the sooner it opens, the better it will be for a lot of people if it can be done safely. Uh, you want to get some details about this, uh, just go to the webpage, as I did, and, uh, and there's some interesting reading here. And uh, if, if you go through the same thing that uh, Doug was just mentioning here, and some self-evaluation, uh, he's just a good guy to talk to, to to get some advice on that. Hoy's Michaelis. Uh, as always, Doug, thank you so much for the time today. Great talking with you again. Thanks. Much appreciated, Bill. Take care. Doug Hoyes, of course, uh, with uh, uh, Hoyes Michaelis, one of the founders of that fabulous organization, and always a great uh, source for us to get some information about what's happening on an individual basis uh, when it comes to the economy and our local economies as well. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.